Hi everyone, and welcome to the 222nd episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host Brandon, and it's just me today. Uh, Churro couldn't make it to this one, um, so yeah, it's gonna be uh, an interesting one. This is a big show, for sure. Um, obviously, you know, we're gonna talk about E3 a little bit. Uh, well, I, I, I will, uh, and you, <laughs> you can listen if you want. But uh, that is not why this show is so big. I mean, if, if y'all watched E3, you you know <laughs> Square Enix wasn't big at E3. Um, but yeah, uh, there there are some big things that we need to talk about on this episode. Um, and just to emphasize the bigness of the stuff that we need to talk about, um, I will echo something that I've uh, said in a prior big episode aspects of this episode have been in development literally for years as in like many years so yeah big stuff to talk about uh but yeah let's just get right into it for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. So, for this uh, momentous episode... Uh, let's talk about uh, what uh, our segments are going to be. We have three segments. For the longest time, we've had just uh, just the two. Our first segment is going to be a State of the Kingdom Hearts Union address. That's a blast from the past. We've done that uh, uh, several times uh, over the course of the several years, but not for a while. I'll, I'll probably also get into why it's been so long since we've had a State of the Cage Union address, but... Uh, yeah, all, all related. All roads lead to this. And, uh, yeah, second segment is going to be an E3 reaction. Uh, I'll, I'll just let you know there's so little of Square Enix that I, I couldn't just leave it to Square Enix. So we're going to talk about some stuff outside of Square Enix. You know, this is a Brandon-only episode, so I'm going to talk about whatever the heck I want to talk about. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll cover Square Enix for sure very thoroughly. Not that there's much to talk about, but... Um, and, uh, yeah, and lastly, we'll have a question segment. We got a couple of good ones in there. Uh, in the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Louis James, Zach Duranto, Rachel Casterton, who's at Orba Yunray, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Namjian. Miles Ribbons. Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson. Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre23. Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes22. Uh, Yam Potato. Noah Luttrell. Ryzen. Sam Ennis. Chris Willis. Fayez Bilal. Joshua Johnson, who's at The Cancer Bus. Freya Stella. Lauren Luscombe. T- uh, Tim Michael Verne, who's at Phoenix02SA. Marco Liliu, and finally, Timmy Turner's Babysitter. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And, as always, Kingdom Hearts, up up until Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory spoilers are fair game. Now, that is to say uh, that 
up until Melody of Memory is fair game. But if we get into any discussions where I need to talk about, um, you know, any particular spoilers for Union Cross, I will very heavily warn you in advance. Uh, as I understand, you know, a lot of people haven't played through all of Kingdom Hearts uh, Union Cross yet, so we're going to keep that there, uh, you know, out of respect for those, uh, you know, players that haven't gotten through that yet. It's a lot of content, totally get that. And in fact, we actually have a, a question in the question segment today, uh, specifically about how to get into Union Cross. So uh, with respect to that, I'm definitely not going to talk about any, uh, uh, I don't anticipate there be, being any real spoiler discussion, but if we do get into any discussion of any spoilers, with uh, Union Cross or that whole <laughs> mess of what that story uh, uh, turned out to be, uh, I'll make sure to heavily, uh, you know, warn in advance uh, with respect to that. All right, guys, it's time. State of the Kingdom Hearts Union address. So, yeah, uh, I- I'll just say, yeah, this State of the Kingdom Hearts Kingdom Hearts Union address is uh, critical. Uh, and I mean that in the all senses of the word that that could refer to, uh, you know, uh, you know, that a Kingdom Hearts fan would understand that word to mean, uh, as in, uh, difficult, but important. Um, it's also, I think, largely a good thing, but it is something we need to talk about, um, I first just want to say that uh, everything is great. <laughs> There's nothing bad. Uh, me and Churro, we're all good. Uh, Churro should be back on the next episode. Me, Lauren, and Daryl, we're fine. We don't have problems. You know, there's nobody has problems. This is not one of those. Um, this is actually, uh, like I said, aspects of this, uh, yeah, have been in development uh, for years. And actually, uh, for literally all of the time that I've uh, been involved uh, with Kingdom Hearts Union, and, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, pretty much want to say that, yeah, here's the announcement part, uh, the next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union will be the final episode for myself and for Churro, as far as we understand, um, well, we, we've decided, that, that's the other thing that, uh, I need to make clear, is that this was our decision, um, and it's not a result you know, usually when you hear these, it's like, oh, there was meddling from above. No, actually, complete opposite. Uh, we are deciding uh, to leave, and it is not in relation at all to anything of what is, uh, you know, developing with Kingdom Hearts Union whatsoever. Actually, we're in full support of everything developing with Kingdom Hearts Union. Um, and I'll, I'll let go of that later. I've got it on my list of things I want to talk about. But... um yeah, everything is great. In fact, it's because everything is great that uh, we're deciding to move on. And uh, yeah, basically, um, so as a lot of you know, if you know anything about me outside of, uh, you know, outside of Kingdom Hearts Union, uh, it's been my dream to pursue a career in game development in Japan. Uh, specifically, especially if you followed me on Twitter and watched my Twitch uh, as I was making, you know, 3D Celis. Uh, she's still she's still in production. Very heavy production. Actually doing extremely well, by the way. Um, yeah, I'll, maybe I'll talk about that a little later. Uh, but I have great news. And that great news is I actually got a job at a studio in Tokyo. And 
In fact, of all places in Tokyo, uh, it's at a studio that's in Shibuya. Funny how that works, you know, Kingdom Hearts and all. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to be moving to Tokyo. I'm going to be working at a game studio. I'm going to be a 3D character artist, exactly what I've been trying to do. And yeah, um, so this studio, it's not Square Enix. I'm not working at Square Enix, not yet at least. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, this is the beginning of my career. Uh, but this game studio is a really great studio. I'm not going to refer to them by name yet. Um, you know, I, I don't know how they feel about me name dropping them, but, uh, so just with respect to my, uh, uh, now future employers, uh, I'll just like leave them out of that for now. Um, so far they seem awesome. They're, they're awesome. Uh, yeah, actually the, uh, the owner CEO is a former, uh, Square Enix staff member. He worked on, uh, Final Fantasy 15 and, Kingsclave actually. So I'm really excited to work with them. They, they're super awesome. Um, but now, you know, if it's not Square Enix, then, you know, what does this have to do with uh, Kingdom Hearts Union? Is this like, is there a reason? Are they telling me to stop the podcast? No, they are not. This, again, like I said, absolutely all of this, uh, you know, this is a decision that comes from us. And uh, Let me just explain first, uh, at least my purpose for why I've been on Kingdom Hearts Union, and uh, especially why I've been on Kingdom Hearts Union for so long. Um, you know, at, at the beginning of every episode, we talk about you know the Gaming Union Network, uh, which is you know still uh, from you know what I understand at least uh, the network that both Kingdom Hearts Union and Final Fantasy Union are a part of, and in the past there have been other uh, you know. Uh, editorial pursuits of the gaming union network there was like tales union and there was you know all kinds of great other shows uh the gaming union podcast and stuff like that and uh but yeah mostly you know for final fantasy union and kingdom hearts union we've been the longest running shows and i just want to tell you my reason if i i think i've brought it up uh in the past but yeah it's clearly not typical for a podcast like this to go on as long as they do and at least for me my purpose has always been that i saw kingdom hearts union as small as it may be as my connection to the gaming industry at large and despite and i you know i totally understand kingdom hearts union very small in the grand scheme of things of the game industry but I've always seen this show as the little podcast that could. And we, you know, in this show really did. It not just could, but it did. You know, um, six years ago, you know, we had an amazing experience at, uh, at E3 2015. And I know I've brought this up in the past, but uh, it was six years ago that at E3 2015 that that whole experience of us getting to, uh, you know, it was my first E3. We got to meet um, so many amazing uh, game developers. But in particular, we got to meet, you know, the not just higher ups of Kingdom Hearts, but the highest ups of Kingdom Hearts. You know, we met Tayasue. We met and interviewed Tetsuya Nomura. You know, if you can imagine what that's like, you know, to just roll up at an event, expect nothing 
you know, expect just to have a good time, hang out with Churro. Uh, that was actually when I got to meet Churro for the first time in person. Uh, little did I know all of the amazing opportunities uh, that uh, would develop uh, from that. You know, not just during the events, but uh, one of my purposes for going there was I was extremely interested in joining, you know, the game industry. And ideally, I'd like to do it in Japan. Uh, at that event, I reached out to, you know, when I did meet Tayasue, you know, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to put put that out there and just ask. It's like, okay, you know, uh, you know, I'm an artist. What if I wanted to join the Kingdom Hearts team? You know, what would that take? And he told me point blank. It's like, uh, okay, well, how's your Japanese? And that was obvious that that would be, you know, an important thing to ask. But not obvious to me in the moment because, I don't know, at least my thinking at the time was I had just gotten off of... Uh, uh, I, I, I may not have talked about this in the past so much, but actually uh, prior to to E3 uh, a few months earlier I had applied for both uh, the Final Fantasy 15 team and Kingdom Hearts 3 I applied to both of those actually I don't think I brought that up very much but uh, I did apply and the Final Fantasy 15 team they gave me the uh, stock after four week uh, decline that Square Enix always does and the Kingdom Hearts team was interesting I actually got an email back after I applied to the Kingdom Hearts team, they emailed me and asked me kind of similarly, uh, how's your Japanese and can you uh, move and live in Osaka? And I was like, uh, well, I can definitely move to Osaka, but my Japanese is very basic. Yeah, at the time I could like read hiragana and katakana uh, and I knew like, you know, a couple hundred words, basic phrases. I'm a lot better now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that and... At E3 2015, that's basically where my Japanese level was. And I had thought that, you know, the Final Fantasy 15 team, you know, uh, if you remember those, like, uh, I don't know, those, uh, I forget what they called them. They're almost like Nintendo Directs that, like, Tabata would do those live streams. And uh, Tabata straight up said uh, in his live stream when he was, like, uh, appealing to foreign workers coming to work on uh, Final Fantasy 15. You don't need to know Japanese. And I thought like, oh, well, you know, if Final Fantasy 15 doesn't need Japanese, then come on, Kingdom Hearts. They work with Disney. They don't need Japanese as a requirement. Like, they probably all speak English. You'd think. No, I'd think. Uh, but yeah, that wasn't the case. So it was at that point that it was, you know, kind of a, you know, a big wake-up call for me. And that was what led me to considering, like, okay... If that's what needs to happen, at the very least, I now have one clear thing that I could work on. Uh, you know, I I really don't want to brag because there's really nothing to brag about with this. But if there's any one thing that I uh, do feel about myself that I can appreciate is that for me, if I see an area where, you know, even if it's a big task, a big obstacle in my way you know i do you know a, a big obstacle in my way of achieving something that i want to achieve even if it's going to take me years and it did i will pursue it and i will actually be happier because at least i know what to do at least i know how to progress at least i know the direction i need to go 
So at that point, I knew, okay, I at least have one menu item on my list of things I need to do to pursue this uh, this dream of mine, is I need to learn Japanese. And, you know, long story short, that's what led me to pursuing uh, the JET program, which is a Japanese exchange and teaching program, where uh, it allowed me to move to and live in Japan, and I've been doing so for the last five years. And yeah, now I'm at my end of my experience on the JET program, and... Uh, I guess I will at least touch on briefly, uh, that, uh, yeah, throughout that process of me living here, I was able to further understand, okay, what exactly can I do to enter the game industry? What exact position should I pursue, you know, based off of my current skill level and all of that, how should I proceed? Uh, it was at E3 2018 where I spoke to another, uh, Square Enix staff there and uh he he was in the marketing side of things but he was not always in marketing I believe he was uh, prior to that uh an animator and he'd worked at studios like 2k and stuff like that but at Square Enix uh he worked uh more on the marketing side and you know even though <laughs> as an animator not really my field um he gave me a lot of really great advice typically uh, uh or uh, more specifically that I should look for proper training, like professional training, where a person that is in the industry can look at my work, give me feedback, and push me in the right direction for building a portfolio that I could use to get a job in the game industry. And it was uh, a little bit after that, so this was all 2018, that I decided that, um, so uh, prior to that, I was very much a 2D artist, and I was thinking, you know, going the concept art route, and there is a lot of work in concept art but at the end of the day, concept art doesn't usually end up in the final product. Which to me wasn't a problem. But what I did come to understand is that concept art is a very difficult field to get into as your first job. I still have a passion for concept art and I still have a passion for design. But what I did realize at that time was that my skills less centered around my design ability and you know the ability to come up with original like character designs or world designs and stuff like that and my skill more centered around my ability to execute and make beautiful pictures well what i discovered was that's literally a job if you do it in 3d so uh yeah i i realized that yeah based on the skill level and, and the skill set that i had uh if i were to pivot to 3d 3d character art was right up my alley all the things that I studied for so long up until that point, all of that applied. And I just needed to learn how to do that and apply it in 3d. And that's what I did. So, uh, that was, you know, from E3 2015 to right now, literally six years ago, this was an entirely a six year process. You know, this was, you know, uh, the biggest and longest task that I've ever put on myself was training myself from amateur 2d artist amateur 2d like deviant art fan artist to professional level 3d character artist and not only that uh do it in a country where i don't speak the language also learn that language and also try to get into the game industry in that in that language so yeah it's it's been a task it's been a journey And 
for me, Kingdom Hearts Union has always been my touchstone. So while I was outside of the game industry, at the very least, through this podcast, I would have at least some sort of connection to the game industry. That has always been my purpose, and that's why I've stayed on the show for as long as I have. Uh, Churro, he can he can tell you uh, his thing, but you know maybe next episode. But uh, at least for me personally, that has always been my connection. Now going forward, I will not just have a you know tangential connection through you know the Kingdom Hearts Union podcast. I will literally be within the game industry. And therefore, the podcast, uh, at least to me, does not serve the same purpose that it did in the past. And while, you know, I think it would be nice in the, you know, to keep going in the future, uh, I'm, you know, at least for me, I'm looking to sort of move on in, you know, the way I spend my time, uh, especially outside of work. Uh, And quite frankly, for the past uh, at least th- since 2018, it was 2018, you know, when I, I decided specifically to pursue, you know, 3D character art. Um, when I spoke to that Square Enix person, another quick a- anecdote, uh, he was very frank with me. And it's like, look, from right now, where you at are, where you are at art wise, you are about four years away from being professional. And that was scary to me, not because I wasn't, uh, you know, down to take the time and, you know, really, uh, get to grips with art and like really get really good at it. I was worried about my visa for living in Japan, uh, because the jet program, uh, traditionally has a five-year limit and I was in my third year, uh, or I was just about to enter my third year on jet. So I only had three to do that. And I, you know, came back to him the next day that Square Enix representative was like, look, I hear what you're saying. I'm down to do four years if that's necessary. My problem is I only have three years left in Japan and it would be very difficult to have to move all the way back after, you know, living in Japan for so long, have to come back, keep working and then have to go back again. So if possible, do you think there's any way that I could do it quicker? And he basically told me, yeah, yeah, that's that is possible. But you need to really buckle down to overcome that, you know, you know, you trying to do it quicker than, uh, you know, I think it'll take. And I would say, to be honest, his assessment was accurate. You know, if I did this at a normal pace, it probably would have t- taken me four years. But I did not do it at a normal pace. I was doing it at a crazy breakneck pace always. Um, ever since that time, I was basically living, uh, like I say, a double life. Well, I, I haven't said to you, but I say always here to my friends, uh, I've been living a double life, uh, and, and not as in like a, in a disingenuous way. I mean, just like I have like two lives. I have the life where I work full time at a school for 40 hours a week. And then I come home and for 40 to 50 hours, I work on, uh, character art and getting good enough uh to be a 3d character artist um you know 3d character art is an extremely specialized field um if you ever check the credits list on a video game uh and you look at the character artist list they're surprisingly short which means there aren't that many opportunities uh fun fact for kingdom hearts despite all the characters that they have in the games uh there's 
I believe on Kingdom Hearts 3, there was only 14 character artists. Contrast that with the amount of environment artists there are. There are, I want to say, like, you know, on the order of, like, 30 plus, 50 plus, and that's not including outsource studios that worked on, you know, uh, Kingdom Hearts for environment art purposes, you know, background art. So if I want to, you know, have the audacity to be one of those a couple of character artists on a, you know, a big, you know, game, uh, you not only have to uh, be good, you have to be one of the greatest artists in the world in that field. And that's just like honest. Uh, if you ever wondered, uh, you know, at least how I was thinking, I don't know if it's exactly true, but it was the modus operandi of how I was operating. Uh, you know, how good, how do I know if I'm good enough at 3d character art? And at least for me, my barometer has always been look at a trailer for a game from the studio that you want to work at their most recent trailer, find the main character, look at the quality of that character. That's the bar. Cause you know, Every single game, you, they always push quality further. So uh, that high-end quality, the best of whatever the last game was, that's like the bare minimum, you know, at least in my mind. That's how I thought of it. I don't know how healthy that was, but that was how I thought of it. So uh, it was under that sort of, you know, direction that I've been operating for the past uh, several years. I know it's not, you know, so this has been a lot, and I've been talking about a lot of stuff about me, but, you know, it's just to emphasize that the reason for me deciding to move on from the podcast is personal. It's absolutely uh, personal, but not against anybody. Uh, it's uh, for me, not against anybody, but for me and for my future. Um, now, in the future, uh, I do intend to uh, continue having an online presence. Uh, in fact, I want to do it more, uh, but I'd like to do it more uh, centered around art and stuff like that. Uh, I still want to talk about games. I love games. Games are the best. Uh, and, you know, me and Charo, we're still friends. We're, we're always going to be friends. We've been friends uh, even way before Kingdom Hearts Union, so <laughs> that's uh, not not a factor. Um, but, uh, yeah, at least uh, with regards to yeah Kingdom Hearts Union. Uh, uh, for the podcast, at least for us, it's the end. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know what Lauren and Daryl will uh, intend to do with the show after the fact. Uh, I'll, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to discuss with them, see what they're, what they intend to do. Um, but yeah, ultimately, yeah, for us, uh, Churro and I, uh, it's going to be it for us for now. You know, Churro's still live streaming, and I'd like like to, you know, get back to live streaming. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, particularly about art, possibly, you know, <laughs> work in progress stuff, that sort of thing. Uh, 3D art tends to be a very slow process, so I'm still uh, <laughs> getting used to that, uh, you know, publicly. But yeah, maybe once uh, Celis is done and we start a new character, maybe that'll be a little easier. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh, that, that pretty much covers all the big stuff. So yeah, I guess the uh, the, the quick version is that uh, yeah, next episode will be the final episode for myself and Churro. Uh, reason being, uh, I'm getting a job in the game industry and I want to, you know, move on. And, uh, uh, also like, you know, since the studio, uh, you know, supports a lot of big game, uh, studios, uh, around the world, including within Japan, like I, I wouldn't want to like limit the possibility that I could do, uh, you know, 
work for a Square Enix title. So, um, you know, just to avoid any sort of conflict of interest, uh, I think it would probably be safest to uh, end my connection here to, uh, you know, more uh, fan site endeavor. Well, more media like endeavors. I say media as in like journalism endeavors because uh, uh, journalism is all about uh, sharing information and being a character artist is about uh shutting up and signing ndas <laughs> so yeah it's gonna be a bit different i'm gonna be like under uh it's like i'll be under witness protection program pretty much what it feels like um and uh yeah so that, that, that pretty much wraps it up i guess uh you know last thing i want to say is please support and subscribe to the kingdom hearts union youtube channel that is still absolutely going to go on that's a you know an endeavor on lauren and daryl's side i i, I will just say real quick uh, you know that uh, a few years ago i did try my best to uh kick kickstart the youtube channel um but it, it sort of came to me that and that was actually the time that i really knew that you know stuff with kingdom hearts union you know the time was sort of uh you know counting down on that stuff was that uh i tried doing that and it took a lot of time and like i said uh before uh, that usually is not a factor to me but uh because i was already living the quote-unquote double life of uh full-time uh work and full-time character art training uh I couldn't also do the YouTube because that was going to be a full-time endeavor. The podcast is very different. The podcast, you know, we've done this for so many years and we are able to put this out so fast that uh, recording it, editing it, and then getting it online, really, like, the length of recording the podcast is longer than any other part of that process. So it's a very fast process. That is not the case with videos and video editing. Um that remake, uh, that the video that I did that of uh, Kingdom Hearts One deserving a uh, a remake, uh, that took me over a month to to make, to write, record, edit over a month, and that was a lot of hours during that month. That wasn't like a month of like eh, on and off, a little bit of work. No, this was like constant work, and uh, I knew that uh, either like. Either I would go the route that Lauren and Daryl are going, where they're like going hardcore on YouTube and being becoming YouTubers and being very successful at it. I, I'm positive that Kingdom Hearts Union could have achieved uh, similar success. I don't know if it would be on the same level, you know, if it would be just a, even 25% of that. I'm pretty sure that we could like have done something on that level, but it would have required me to remove one of those, you know, lives in my uh, pool of lives that I was living. And uh, considering the school job that I'm doing is the one that supports my visa living in Japan, and considering I intend to keep living in Japan and want to join the game industry here, uh, yeah, that was, uh, uh, I mean, uh, I I say it was a no-brainer, but it was not an easy no-brainer even then because I really did want to pursue that YouTube channel. It seemed like a really fun thing to do. But if I really ask myself, okay, what have I been working all the all these years towards? Is it to become a YouTuber, or is this just an opportunity that has now recently presented itself as a possibility? So uh, if, if anyone was ever wondering why I stopped doing the YouTube uh, so quickly, <laughs> that was why. It was just the time effort uh, too much. So yeah, that's uh, that's basically the Kingdom Hearts Union uh state of the union address uh i uh, sorry if this comes as a big shock 
Um, I'm sure it may come as a shock for uh, many of you. Um, I just want to say, and uh, you know, I very rarely uh, push anybody to follow me on anything. I probably should do that more, but uh, you know, please, uh, you know, if if you like me and you want to keep hearing uh, more from Brandon and his adventures uh, in the game industry and my comments as an artist and stuff uh, and any future endeavors uh, that I take on, uh, the best place to find out about that will be my Twitter, which I am at underscore Brandon underscore. And that is B-R-A-N-D-E-N. I would appreciate the follow and I'll definitely keep you uh, up to date uh, on uh, at least stuff that I'm allowed to talk about, Um, which uh, I think, you know, at the very least my art, (laughs) is probably safe uh my professional work you know to be determined so uh yeah that's that's pretty much that let's talk about e3 so yeah i I know this is a big topic this probably could have been you know the end of the episode but i i still want to talk and uh talk about games because i love games and uh we'll talk about kingdom hearts uh, more specifically during the question segment so uh yeah uh, uh i'm calling this uh segment the e3 2021 takeaways i don't want to say it's a reaction because i'm not like you know really reacting from it i i want to you know really just get the general takeaway from what we can learn about game industry right now and just each of these companies so first let's talk about square enix so for each one of these i have these cute little lists that sort of summarize what each company's uh you know presentation was like and for square enix my little uh takeaway phrase or takeaway sentence is marvel mobile and chaos <laughs> i'm sure you guys know what chaos refers to if you watch the square enix presents thing but yeah uh so square enix had clearly a, a very small you know presentation overall like they didn't have that much to show especially you know the side of square enix that us as kingdom hearts fans are generally interested in uh square enix japan was uh, very minor mostly mobile stuff uh first off uh you know they showed off guardians of the galaxy which i'm gonna admit i'm a bit biased on uh in that i actually do know someone that worked on guardians of the galaxy the game uh, someone that I really, uh, do, uh, you know, look up to, and, uh, I have done a lot of training with. So because of that, like I might have a slightly, uh, different impression that maybe some other people that, you know, maybe, uh, don't care about Marvel would have. I think it looks great. You know, everything that I've heard about the game, it makes it sound super interesting, um, at least from uh, the the game development side that I'm most interested in, uh, which would be the uh, character side, I think the characters look amazing. They're awesome, and I think the team at Eidos Montreal should be extremely proud of all the work they've done. Um, I will say that like um, I don't feel like this was the best, or, or I don't feel like this was the right showing for Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think this was the right showing for that game. Now, some people might feel like Guardians of the Galaxy is like this big rushed project that like, oh my God, they just announced it and now they're just going to throw it right out the door. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy has been in development for several years. 
at, at, as far as I know, at least like five years, it was in development the whole time. And they just kept it quiet. I don't know why. I don't know if it was just like not in a showable state most of the time. I don't know exactly why it wasn't shown until now. But I feel like uh, a better showing probably would have been a bit more of a short and sweet sort of thing. I feel like the trailer they showed was good. At least in my opinion, I liked the trailer. I think it was like, what, three minutes, something like that, maybe less. I feel like that should have been all that was. Uh, it was all the stuff after that and all this developer talking head stuff. I don't know what the trend is with that. It's very like a EA where like it's like, all right, for this next game, you know, we've been working with Marvel for this many years. And, you know, this is a franchise that blah, 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 blah for like five minutes. And then, OK, now here's the trailer. I much more prefer the Microsoft approach of just show the trailer, let it speak for itself, and get out of there. I, I much more prefer that. And I speak f- from the perspective of someone that likes game development and wants to get into it. Uh, I don't think E3 is the, the venue for that, or at least I don't think the order of operations was right. I feel like if you're going to have developer talking heads, show the game first in the main conference, and then later, I love how Nintendo does it, by the way, Nintendo, the way they do it, they, you know, they have their main, like, uh, presentation, their Nintendo Direct, short and sweet, and then later, if they want to talk more, they'll have them on the the Treehouse live stream. Perfect. Talk about it later. For the people that want to see more, they'll they'll come sit and watch. And a lot of times, especially during those Treehouse events, there's nothing else to watch at the time. There's nothing competing for it. And for the people that are interested in seeing more, they can watch more or like skim through it at least. But when you're dealing with, you know, prime time, yeah, I don't think that's really the right venue for that. But yeah, whatever. Uh, I, I think Mar- Guardians of the Galaxy looks interesting. I, I'm very interested in it uh, finally coming out after all these years of secrecy. Uh, but yeah, I think it probably should have uh, had a bigger blowout at first in terms of, uh, or, or I say bigger, I mean like punchier, quick bam here's guardians of the galaxy here's what it is bye talk talk about it tomorrow or talk about it you know on a live stream later you know if you want to watch it uh other than that square Enix had some interesting mobile projects there's the like uh you know uh ff7 first soldier i haven't watched it yet to be honest so like i won't comment on that uh i did watch the the, the final fantasy like pixelated remake uh thing or remaster um not really a fan (laughs) like the the it's just weird to me i mean i like it out of all the games that they're releasing i'm glad final fantasy 3 is finally getting a a a proper release in the west this way that much i like other than that it's just like like most of the games are being updated in such a way that it's not an improvement over the original it's a lateral move it's like they're making something different and based on your taste you may like it better or you might not it's a little bit more simplified but it's still pixelated um so you might like the way it looks you might not it's not like an actual like improvement (laughs) like it's more of a like it's just different so yeah not not sure how i feel about that personally well i know how i feel about it for me i don't know how i feel about it for the general population for me not interested 
Uh, and yeah, finally, chaos. Um, yeah, uh, Stranger in Paris, Stranger in Paradise, Final Fantasy Origins is, I believe, what it's called. It's a Team Ninja project, uh, Souls-like uh, sort of take on the Final Fantasy One uh, basic premise of Warriors of Light and fighting uh, Garland slash Chaos or whatever. Um, I think it was a really bad trailer. The demo when it started working looks really a lot better than what the trailer was so at least there's that um my personal take is um this game looks like what final fantasy versus 13 looked like in 2011 on the ps3 (laughs) so that's my take um characters i think look i think a lot of people give the characters a lot of gruff i actually like the look of the characters in a way or i don't hate them uh, you know, full full disclosure, I actually like Final Fantasy XV's character design. So uh, for me, they don't bother me. The pink hair guy bothers me slightly. But uh, I think I can get over it. Main character, Jack. He looks like a 360 character, uh, like a Xbox 360 hero. I find it hilarious. Doesn't really bother me. And then uh, the other guy, uh, I think his name is Ash. He's the best character. He should be the main character. <laughs> That's the funny thing is it's like, I think the the party wouldn't be as bad if, I think his name is Jack, the blonde uh, skinhead looking guy. I think if Jack was a side character and if Ash was the main character, that would be better. I feel like pink hair guy, he could be a, he's a prompto. So he belongs in the side role. Uh, I think Ash is way cooler than everybody, so he should be the main character. Um, but yeah, I, I so ultimately, I think it's I think it's better than the showing that was in the Square Enix presents, but still, maybe not like you know the hugest. Uh, you know, it's not gonna it's not gonna you know change the industry. But whatever, I mean, Final Fantasy sixteen, uh, Forspoken, you know, future projects will be that big thing it's clear you know this is covid time so you know pandemic's gonna make it difficult to constantly have you know huge blowouts in terms of information so i don't think this is like a a big like bad omen for square Enix. like you know these are these are just the projects that they're able to show and the one big game project that they've had in the back burner or not in the back burner but like in secret uh guardians of the galaxy uh they've been developing for a long time like i said um that was the only one they had. So they unfortunately had to show maybe a little bit too much of that. So yeah, just an unfortunate circumstance. So I don't hold it, hold it against anybody. Uh, so yeah, just real quick with, uh, I, I want to comment on Microsoft. Uh, my, uh, quick little couplet of what I think of it was game pass CG and 2022. <laughs> that, that, that was my takeaway of that. I know they have a lot of more games coming in uh, 2021 as well, but at least my sort of feeling on the Microsoft conference was it was very much about more like the really cool games are coming later. You know, Starfield, for example, I think Elden Ring, but Elden Ring wasn't shown at Microsoft, but whatever. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of like 2022 games and especially still like Microsoft tends to do a lot of like CG trailers to introduce games that are a lot further out than, uh, you know, than sooner uh and then yeah just real quick i want to talk about nintendo uh instead of uh game pass uh theirs is games 
Switch Pro no show in 2021. So yeah, I, I think I think uh, Nintendo is more about the games, more about uh, games that are coming soon that you can actually play. And uh, yeah, at least for me, my personal like sad point was the fact that they didn't announce the Switch Pro. Still waiting on that. Uh, I, I guess just a real quick comment on the Nintendo games. Metroid Dread looks dope. Shin Megami Tensei Five looks dope. Gonna play that on my Switch Pro whenever they announce that. Uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, whatever sequel. Looks amazing. Gonna play that. Other than that, rest of it, I can't remember if there was anything that like really jumped out at me. Those are the main things for me. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's pretty much E3. I mean, E3 this year, like I said, pandemic time still um, is gonna affect that. I think next year is gonna be a lot bigger. There should be like uh, less of an effect of the pandemic, you know, as restrictions are starting to lift. Um, you know, things will get better in that respect. Uh, and you know, we'll be a little further into the generation. Uh, so hopefully there will be uh, a lot bigger stuff. You know, I think, I think, you know, progressively the next couple of years, you know, E3 time will get bigger and bigger announcements or at least closer, uh, closer announcements. At the very least, we already know, uh, March, 2022 next year, uh, we'll be getting big stuff for Kingdom Hearts. Uh, shame. I won't be (laughs) there to, uh, you know, walk you through that uh through kingdom hearts union anymore but you know like i said please follow me on my twitter you know i'm sure you're already following churro um we'll we'll be talking about it on there we'll still be around uh you know but i think you know in churro live stream so i'm sure i'll live stream all that stuff all right moving on to the question segment our first question comes from jb petty longtime kingdom hearts union fan i know hello kingdom hearts union i love the show uh y'all do and keep up the good work and I have a question for y'all that if you had time to answer on the show, it would be great. My question is, where do I start so I can understand what happened in Kingdom Hearts Union Cross? I played a little bit till I couldn't stand it anymore on uh, or, pro- or progress. Uh, so I really know nothing and understand nothing about what's going on. Love the reference. I know nothing and understand nothing about what's going on with that game. How would you suggest someone go about learning the story without spending so much time with Headache? I just don't know where to start uh, to even understand it because there's a lot to unwrap. Excellent question. Um, So I think, you know, the answer is going to be slightly different for everybody because I think everybody, because of how difficult it is to get into this overall story, um, it's, you know, everybody's starting from a different level of knowledge about whatever this game is because there's not a clear starting point. So... Uh, based off of what you said, it sounded like you did at least try to play it. I think you probably at least played enough to understand the basic premise of it. Um, at least that's what I glean from uh, what you're saying here. So, uh, just to be clear, you know, basic premise is that, you know, this is, you know, several, you know, I don't know how, however many, however many hundreds of years before the main Kingdom Hearts story in sort of like a quote unquote world of fairy tales. This is the world that Kyrie's grandmother talked about in her story of how the ancient Keyblade wielders of the past fought over, you know, the light or fought over stuff and, you know, the world's separating and all that. You know, the the basic starting point is Kyrie's grandmother, Kyrie's grandmother story, which you can see, you know, played out uh, in front of you in the intro for uh, Union Cross slash Unchained Key, whatever you want to call it. So clearly that's like the main thing. Uh, seeing some of the beginning of the game is also, I, I feel important. 
but immediately after that, now I don't know if you've experienced this uh, since you you know you haven't mentioned it uh, in here, so I'll just assume maybe you haven't. I would say the next step after getting acquainted with what the story is like as the story was intended in the mobile game, the next important thing to look at is going to be Kingdom Hearts Union uh, back cover. I think it's called Kingdom Hearts Union back cover. Whatever it is, Kingdom Hearts back cover. That's the one from uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts 2.8. Uh, back cover definitely a must watch that'll give you an idea of what's going on with master of masters and the other four tellers and their strife uh after that the absolute best way uh to deal with the story youtube just youtube the whole thing do not play the game don't try to play the game you can't really play the game anymore i think it's i think there is going to be a theater mode but at least for now i don't know how that's going to work so i'm just speaking for someone as someone who doesn't really know how that functions uh so in that case youtube is your best friend there are a lot of really great playlists online i would highly suggest kingdom hearts insider uh as well as uh, everglow on youtube both of those channels have really great run-throughs of the entire series my personal favorite is uh kingdom hearts insider and my reason for liking kingdom hearts insiders version better is that they don't have the battles in it and i know maybe for some people they want to watch the battles but they get really repetitive and you know kingdom hearts union cross battles not as visually interesting as if like let's say you were trying to like binge watch somebody playing through like kingdom hearts 2 like kingdom hearts 2 battles are fun to watch they're a spectacle uh kingdom hearts uh union cross unless you get really like uh, a real big kick out of seeing big numbers a uh, pop up over enemies heads there's really not much visually speaking uh to really uh be entertained by uh by watching the battles so at least for me personally uh i prefer how kingdom hearts uh insider does it where they just cut the battles so just just assume they they won <laughs> that, that's how it works they won the battle period move on uh so yeah kingdom hearts insider has a playlist of the entire uh main storyline just as a rule of thumb skip anything that's disney in kingdom hearts in in a in a kingdom hearts uh union cross just through the whole thing just skip anything disney it mostly doesn't matter um anything that takes place in daybreak town watch that um and that's pretty much it like just follow all the main story stuff uh i think in total i don't know like the the actual runtime of the entire game like and when i say the entire game like you may be aware that um, the way this ser- this game released, uh, it was originally uh, a web game called Kingdom Hearts Key that never released in the West, and then it was uh, Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key when it released on mobile, and then it was rebranded to Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. Um, so, you know, there's different phases of this storyline, and you know, this might be like a slight spoiler but trust me i think this will actually help in your understanding of the of the story um kingdom hearts key happened even though we didn't really necessarily get to play it uh kingdom hearts key canonically did happen uh and basically at the end of kingdom hearts key there was like a reset like the you know universe reset and then basically the entire kingdom hearts key story happened again but under some slightly different circumstances um that's basically where the mobile game starts is the reset it doesn't really matter but i feel like it might slightly demystify uh why kingdom hearts uh, you know the beginning of the mobile game is a little bit uh a little bit ambiguous but um after that there's another sort of like not a resetting point but sort of like a cut point 
that begins the quote-unquote Union Cross story as opposed to the Unchained Key story. So Unchained Key first, then Union Cross. Or, you know, it's all the same app now, but like effectively storyline wise there's there's an actual specific cut where there's a you move on to a different chapter and then that storyline happens and that's where it ends that's the final storyline so it's if you wanted to like give it you know two different eras there's the union cross uh, unchained key era and the union cross era that's about it so effectively there is about as much story content as about two full kingdom hearts games I don't quote me on that in terms of like runtime, like in terms of like actual amount of story, like the normal Kingdom Hearts game would have, but at least in terms of like plot development and stuff like that, Unchained Key on its own, I guess Unchained Key and and then add in uh, Union Cross, that's like a full Kingdom Hearts game, you know, in terms of the stuff that happens, and then Uncha- uh, Union Cross on its own is about another full Kingdom Hearts game. There's also Dark Road, which is about to end. Dark Road is very short, as far as I know. Very short. So, again, that's another YouTube uh, homework assignment. There are people out there that do, like, summaries of the story. Um, I would say, personally, since we're not going to get proper Kingdom Hearts titles for a while... It might be, you know, you know, might be of worth seeing the whole thing, you know, you know, as like a cutscene theater sort of thing. Just watch the whole thing. Like, there's no rush in finishing it. Um, it shouldn't take that long in the grand scheme of things. But uh, if you wanted to, you know, do it faster, uh, you know, there there are several like uh, summary summary videos that people have done that will cover the story in like maybe like I don't know two or three like 20 minute youtube videos so you could you could have the story more or less understood in about an hour but i i will warn you you know this is a kingdom hearts you know these are like this is like effectively two full kingdom hearts games worth of like plot so i feel like 20 minutes might be a little bit too dense and it might be nice to sort of like uh, you know digest it at a more sensible pace uh the pace in which they actually released the story content was like a snail's pace. It was super slow, very drip feed. The pace that you can experience it now at because of it all just being on YouTube is, you know, pretty reasonable. It's like, you know, playing a Kingdom Hearts game. So uh, I don't think either way is a bad way to go about it. Um, I guess another balanced way that I I would personally approve of is maybe at first you could watch all the summary videos and then if you like the story after that and you want to see the full thing later, you know, you could watch that after. So maybe you watch the summary videos first, get a sense of the full story, and then go back and then, like, uh, watch, like, the Kingdom Hearts Insider cutscenes. And then, like, if there's any part where you're just like, I, I get this part, you could just, like, skip through it or something. Maybe, maybe that's, like, a, you know, sort of, like, happy medium. Um, uh, but, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I think that's probably, yeah that's probably it um uh, i'll just say again i i know you're interested but uh just to anybody that might be uh uh on the fence about whether or not they should you know invest any time into understanding union cross i would say um it's very clearly a critical part of the story and uh like i said two full games worth it, it, this is like uh 
I don't know, at least my impression of what the story content was, uh, this is going to be worse than the people that skipped Kingdom Hearts uh, Chain of Memories before Kingdom Hearts 2. Like, there's that much content. So that's what it feels like. I don't know that for, for a fact, but that's just what it feels like. All right, and uh, just getting to the last uh, question of this episode. Uh, this one comes from Sean Ingram. Uh, Dragon Quest X, famously an MMO, is getting a simplified chibi version called Dragon Quest X Offline. Do you think such a game would be feasible for Union Cross? Would you play it? Um. Okay, so uh, first, uh, is it feasible? Uh, yeah. I think it's feasible. I think uh, Union Cross would uh, adapt to a you know a 3D chibi s- style game. Um, typically, those kinds of games you don't really expect there to be like voice acting. So you, you know, production wise, that would be pretty easy. Um, well, at least you know, or localization wise, that's a you know one major factor of the localization that you could just kill. Uh, would I play it? Yeah, probably if the gameplay is fun. Um, I mean, the story is great. I, I do love the story of it. I think, uh, yeah, it definitely would be a worthy story for a Kingdom Hearts game. Um, I guess another question to ask, not that it was asked here, but not just is it feasible, not just is it feasible for this sort of game to happen, a uh, hypothetical Kingdom Hearts Union Cross offline, but is it likely? Feasible, yes. Like, could it be done? Yes. Do I think it will be done? Um, maybe, but I'm tending towards no for the meantime. I would say maybe for the future, but not in the, you know, not anytime soon, I don't think. And my reasoning behind that is I just feel that right now Square Enix is looking towards the future. The Kingdom Hearts team is looking towards the future. And Union Cross, while a bridge to the future, I don't know how much i do i do not yet know how much this plays a role in the future of the series but i mean i mean like i said i mean i just said it literally uh in the last uh question it feels like this if people miss out on it it might literally be like worse than what people experience with uh chain of memories uh not playing that before kingdom Hearts 2 but it's you know this is still clearly a part of the xehanort saga and in some ways, you know, kind of wraps that up. So, you know, while it does tie a lot of loose ends for the series and is important for the series up until now, and maybe that, you know, those plot elements are going to be important, it feels like the story is going to, for the most part, go in a brand new direction. And it's that kind of content that I expect is going to be more a part of this Kingdom Hearts Phase 2 sort of concept. So, yeah, just to quickly uh, reiterate my answers to your question. Do I think such a game would be feasible for Union Cross? Yes. Do I think it's likely? That's my question. Do I think it's likely? No. Would I play it? Yes. And, uh, yeah, that uh, that wraps up everything for the show so far. Um I will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll catch you on the next episode. Um, I'll do my best to get, you know, Churro will be on the next one. I don't care when it happens. We're going to get Churro on the next episode. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll bid our farewells, uh, you know, to Kingdom Hearts U- Union uh, on that one. But, uh, yeah, for uh, one, uh, uh, 
for one more time, but we'll I'll, I'll make sure to do it on the next time as well. Uh, the music segment for this episode is a wonderful cover of Yozora, the uh, music from Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, this one is uh, arranged, this is covered by Steven Dungu, I believe his uh, name is, and uh, you can find him on YouTube. This guy is so awesome. He's got lots of great covers. He's work- it looks like he's working on his own like uh, anime project. It looks really cool. So definitely uh, check him out, support him. Um, I'm picking Yozora uh, for this episode as, uh, you know, sort of reflecting on where I'm at in my life. You know, (laughs) there is a lot of melancholy in this song. And, you know, I, you know, me leaving Kingdom Hearts Union is not like necessarily uh, a happy thing for me. You know, I'm not like kicking and screaming like, yay, I'm finally free. (laughs) You know, I'm not a Rita Repulsa in the uh, Power Rangers opening. After 10,000 years, I'm finally free now to conquer Earth. Um, It's not that. Like for me, you know, I look back on my time at Kingdom Hearts with Kingdom Hearts Union. No, we're still here, but (laughs) I look at my time with Kingdom Hearts Union very fondly. This has been such an amazing experience. I'll I'll, I'll reiterate all this on the next episode. Don't worry. Not blowing my load totally. Uh, But I'm also looking towards the future and that's what I feel about with Yozora and his storyline uh, that will you know unfold in future Kingdom Hearts titles is Yozora is the future. It's he's got clearly a lot of baggage. There's a lot that he's gone through, and there is uh, you know there's there's a lot there. But his journey is just beginning, and it is a huge journey. And uh, yeah, I guess he will see you in yeah in the future. Um, also, Yozora lives in, uh, effectively Tokyo, and that's gonna be me very shortly. By the way, uh, I'm recording this, uh, little, literally, I am going to Tokyo tomorrow to go look at apartments, so that's gonna be crazy. So, yeah. Uh, next Kingdom Hearts Union, uh, next Kingdom Hearts Union episode is scheduled for the 6th of July. As always, you can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one, at least for now. <laughs> if we stop posting episodes, we'll lose, how, for how long will we be number one? Uh, hopefully they keep going on. We'll see. That'll be up to Lauren and Daryl. Uh, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Kingdom Hearts Union. And, as always, if you guys like the show and you want to support it, uh, particularly if you want to support the Final Fantasy Union podcast, uh, please uh, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And if you have any questions for the last episode uh, with us, send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, guys, it is goodbye time. Not 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 the last goodbye time, but it is goodbye time for this episode. Um, I hope you guys aren't too mad at me, and I hope you guys will uh, continue to support uh, me and Churro in our future endeavors. Um, like I said, uh, if you want to, you know, keep in touch with me in the future, definite best place is going to be my Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash, <laughs> why am I saying the full, uh, <laughs> website? Nobody does that. All right. My Twitter is at underscore Brandon underscore. That is B R A N D E N. I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a kingdomheartsunion.com production.